0: Yeah, hello again. Welcome to my podcast. Actually, I think podcast is too much to say. I think it's just a re- me babbling something into my mic. And I hope that you find it interesting. Um, <laughs> I would not even call that a podcast. Anyhow, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And probably also thanks for sharing. Um, I'm just trying to give you some 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 advice and some perspectives on Bitcoin and, and how it can change your life, definitely change my life for the better. And by now, I feel like sort of obligated to, to help you if you're interested to achieve the same. And... Probably to, to help you along your journey. Bitcoin can be something uh, very intimidating at the beginning, so uh, you don't have to be scared of it. You you just have to inform yourself. And if you're listening to this, you're already doing it, doing the correct thing. And uh, yeah, with this podcast, like I said, I hope that I can help you along. If you have any questions regarding the topics I'm covering here or general Bitcoin issues, security, whatnot, you just ping me in Twitter. My handle is btchap or btchap and there are a ton of um, sympathetic Bitcoiners in Twitter where you can ask your questions. Okay, so now let's start with this episode. Ah, and by the way, very important, this is not investment advice. I think I will have to add this disclaimer from now on on every episode. Uh, just like, yeah, because I think we are obligated to do so. Okay. So now let's roll the episode. Today I will talk a little bit about how early we are with Bitcoin and it seems to be contraintuitive for somebody who is into the space since a while, but there are many people that have no idea about Bitcoin at the moment and I think we have some possibility or some to put a number on how early we really are uh, i did a thought experiment so i took the stocks of walt disney tesla coca-cola ExxonMobil, goldman sachs ibm intel apple american express facebook microsoft amazon and google so stocks that everybody knows and calculated their market capitalization the company's market capitalization in bitcoin and those result in very interesting numbers. So Walt Disney, for instance, would have a market capitalization of 20,837,284 Bitcoin, which represents 99% of Bitcoin's total supply that will ever be in existence. So in other words, Walt Disney is valued by the market the same way that Bitcoin is. As many people are betting on Walt Disney, then they are betting on Bitcoin. Tesla looks more interesting, here we we see that Tesla's market cap in percent of Bitcoin's market cap represents 168%. That means the people are in general twice as convinced that Tesla is a valuable company, that they are convinced about success of Bitcoin. In the Coca-Cola company, we are at 93% of Bitcoin's market cap, ExxonMobil gains 65% of Bitcoin's market cap, and they're basically a dying industry. Goldman Sachs is one bank, one United States bank, um, has 30% of Bitcoin's market capitalization. IBM, 47%. Intel, almost 100%. Intel has uh, 94% of Bitcoin's market capitalization. The market cap of Intel would be 19,751,043 Bitcoins. So yeah, 94%. Apple, and that's a large number. Apple is valued at 862% of Bitcoin's market capitalization. American Express, 34%. Facebook, 321%. So that means three times as valuable as Bitcoin at the moment. Microsoft, 696%. That means seven times more market capitalization than Bitcoin. Just Microsoft. Amazon. 687% 687% and Google 434%. So there are only seven companies of the companies that I already named that have a market capitalization that is actually lower than Bitcoins. And those are Walt Disney with 99%, Coca-Cola with 93%, Exxon Mobile with 65%, Goldman Sachs with 30%, and IBM 47% and Intel 94% and American Express with 34%. In total, those 13 stocks accumulate 3,629% of Bitcoin's market capitalization at the moment. So we have a large room for improvement. In general, people say Google is more than four times as valuable as Bitcoin is, Amazon more than six times, Microsoft almost seven times, Facebook three and a half times, Apple eight and a half times as valuable to society as Bitcoin is which does not reflect my view, obviously, but that's quite interesting. Another funny number is Jeff Bezos net worth. Let me put that into the equation as well. Jeff Bezos net worth equals 90.48% of Bitcoin's market capitalization. So it's a huge share. And um, the G10 central bank assets, which is obviously a even larger amount, equal 9,296.27% of Bitcoin's market capitalization. So, yeah, that's huge. What I want to say with that is that we are incredibly early. All those companies that I mentioned and uh, the the fact that Jeff Bezos' net worth is 90% of Bitcoin's um, total market capitalization shows us that we are incredibly early yet. We did not see any major moves in the Bitcoin price. We are in the early stages. We are probably, we were discussing that in the Bitcoin sphere a lot. And many people said, yeah, we're the early 10%. I assume that is way too optimistic. We are the early two to 5% with a more a higher, higher likeliness that we are in the early 2% still. So you hear a lot of noise and you hear a lot of, um, Advertisement for Bitcoin if you're following the right people in Twitter, but this is not the average person's view. The average person has no idea what Bitcoin is, has no idea why they should exit fiats, they have no idea how a central bank works, they have no idea how money printing works, they have no idea what quantitative easing means, they have no idea that all the central banks are basically committed to a race to the bottom for devaluing their um, currency in order to gain an advantage um, for the exporting industries. All those things are things that are completely unfamiliar to average Joe. And that makes us really, really, really the early adopters still. We will see massive price moves once that narrative changes and once the people gain the awareness that Bitcoin is the hardest money on the planet But we are not there yet. We are miles, light years away from that. And I just want you to be aware. And since we are in the really early stages, it will take time until we see Bitcoin mooning. This is something that is, it will happen unless we find a flaw in the protocol or some successful state level attacks, which I will not cover in this podcast because you can talk hours and hours about those. But if Bitcoin will succeed and the chances are there it can succeed, then we haven't seen anything yet. So now that we established that we are still early, let's talk a little bit about inflation because inflation is the major the major thing that is um, sinister about fiat currencies as soon as a government starts printing money, it inflates the monetary base of a country. And I think to so the Bitcoiners in the concept of inflation is very familiar, but but not many people usually in are not many people are interested in inflation and, and do understand it. Yeah. The Bitcoiners do in general understand it, but you would be pressed how few people really understand what inflation is. So uh, let's say you have two apples and you have $2 then. And let's say the market says the price for one apple is $1. Then there are, can be two people that we will be able to purchase one apple for $1 each. And now let's assume that the central bank produces another $2. So you have $4 in circulation. Then there is some competition to be able to purchase this apple, and the price of the apple would double to two dollars because the monetary supply doubled, and that's exactly what happens if you are looking at inflation. The monetary supply increases, and that results in what is called the Cantillon effect. That means the people that gain access to the freshly printed money have benefit from the larger from their larger purchasing power because. The price, the, the, the speed of money did not yet facilitate the price level to adjust to the new printed money. As soon as this money is rippled into the economy and is evenly distributed, you will then have the new prices of goods. They will be established during that process. And the Federal Reserve printed so much money in the last like three months, I guess, than they have been printing in the first 200 years of the existence of the US dollar. And that's quite creepy because that means we will see a flood of cheap money into the economy sooner or later. Average Joe will not be able to benefit from that unless you are invested in stocks because obviously this money will uh, will be in invested somewhere and that most likely will be the stock market. So and that results in those incredibly high numbers that I have been talking about, uh, with Tesla being evaluated three times as high as Bitcoin, the value that is stored in the Bitcoin blockchain. So this distorts the whole business. And we will see a rise in inflation in one and a half years, two years time, when the freshly printed money rippled through the economy, but we are not there yet. So everything is fine. You can still purchase reasonably good with your dollars at the moment. That's going to change. And when I'm saying the dollar, when I'm taking the dollar as an example, I'm also talking about the euro and I'm talking about the yuan. Every f- uh, fiat currency that I'm aware of has this problem. They were printing money to to, to, to get around the global health crisis. And yeah, that's that's what happened. So you will have to outperform inflation and inflation is something very sinister because you don't recognize it. Usually you don't recognize it. Inflation is, is uh, the numbers are being calculated in a strange way. For instance, they are using usually a basket of goods and with that basket of goods, the price movement of that basket of goods is used to calculate inflation. For instance, like, I don't know, cornflakes, cornflakes. Um, soap, water, so, so goods of the daily use are um, taken and then the price of those, the average price of those goods is calculated and then you say, okay, those basket of goods were um, um, increasing in price two, by 2% and that's a 2% inflation. However, what is not reflected in the calculation of inflation is the price of housing, of, um, of, of living, energy, for instance. The increase of prices and properties, and many things like luxury goods becoming increasingly expensive, gold price going up, all the things that are representing hard assets are going up in price very, very much. The average person doesn't recognize that because they consider, I don't know, Swiss luxury watches luxury goods, and they don't understand that things that they are consuming on a daily basis are also electronics are benefiting big time from an increase of efficiency in manufacturing those. You can industrialize that, you can automatize it. And therefore those goods become cheaper and cheaper, the better the people manage the production. But what is not getting cheaper are houses, are is art, Swiss luxury watches, collectible cars, gold obviously, All those things that cannot be created out of thin air increase in price. Those things are like the real test whether there is inflation or not. Um, Are not taken into consideration when the statistics bureau of statistics calculates inflation, and that means that you, average Joe, the normal person, thinks yeah, two percent inflation is not a bad thing, when in fact inflation. The real inflation is much higher. Only that you don't see it because you are not invested in the goods that really appreciated in price, like houses, property, art, classic cars, all those really scarce assets that many people consider luxury goods. But those are the things that are really important in order to understand how inflation really works. I stumbled upon an interesting read by the Wall Street Journal saying that during this health crisis, the stuff we actually want was really getting pricier already. So bicycles um, increased by by 5.7% year over year inflation since August, medical care by 5.3%, newspapers by 5.2%, cable and satellite TVs by 5.2%, recreational books by 4.7%, food at home, uh, by 4.6%, cleaning products 4.6% and rent of home by 2.9%. And their source is the US Bureau of Labor Statistics. So keep those numbers in mind when we are going to talk later in the podcast about compound interest rates and how inflation is a compound interest, a negative compound interest that impacts your wealth. Compound interest is the addition of interest to the principal sum of a loan or a deposit or in other words, interest on interest. It is the result of reinvesting interest rather than paying it out. So that interest in the next period is then earned on the principal sum plus previously accumulated interest. And there's an often told story that when Albert Einstein was once asked what mankind's greatest invention was, he replied compound interest. There's even one claim that Einstein called compound interest the eighth wonder of the world. While there is some debate about whether Einstein really said any of this or not, there is no question that the compounding of interest is a brilliant thing. As another great American, Benjamin Franklin, described it, money makes money, and the money that money makes, makes money. That is probably the simplest explanation of compound interest you will ever hear. While the compounding of money may sound complicated, especially if you don't have a computer spreadsheet handy, there's actually an easy-to-use tool that's been around for years that you can use to make a calculation in your head. While it's not as precise as a spreadsheet, it can really be really effective in helping you make decisions. It's called the rule of 72. Let me explain. Many times when we're dealing with finances, especially when it comes to making new investments, buying real estate or capital spending, we talk about the potential of doubling our money and how soon that might happen. If you're considering making an investment with a given interest rate, you can use the rule of 72 to figure out how long it will take to double your money. Let's say someone offered you the chance to invest in a piece of property in a return for 10% interest for your loan, divide 72 by 10 and you get 7.2, which is the number of years it will take for you to double the value of your investment. You can also use the rule of 72 the other way around. If someone promises they will double your money in three years, you can divide that into 72 and determine that they are willing to pay you an interest rate of 24% on your invest. 72 divided by three is 24%. That can be a good fact check because 24% is really high and w- which means the investment is also likely to be very risky. I think the rule of 72 is also very important for some uh, of those. Um, I will still call it shit corners, although I might be banned from um, Apple podcasts. <laughs> um, so the rule of 72 is very important. I think Bitcoin like was performing super good in the last... Like let's say ten. Let's let's limit it to ten years. <laughs> um, but yeah, in general, if you're getting offered a lot in conventional, in a conventional or financial system like like banks, insurance and whatnot, if you're somebody offers you twenty four or four percent, he's straight out um, trying to scam you because this is an incredibly high number. Um, so be be really careful. Uh, and by the way, again, <laughs> obviously, this podcast is podcast is not investment advice. <laughs> okay. Um, so now that we have established the rule of the seventy two and what you can do with it and how compound interest works, let me let me let me quickly run the numbers, right? I mean, that's what Bitcoin is about. We always run the numbers, and I'm gonna run the numbers a little bit so that you understand how compound interest works, and also how compound interest works when we're talking about inflation, because obviously, inflation is something like a negative, negative interest rate on your net worth, right? Meaning that you are, yeah, meaning that you were basically um, paying interest on your, on your wealth, And that wealth is diminished, depending on which, which currency currency you're using, by a certain factor, the Venezuelans can tell tell you a story about that. But let's now open quickly my spreadsheet, and I'm gonna talk you through that a little bit. Let's say you, you invest $10, right? And you have 0% interest, then over the years, This money won't become more, worth more, and it won't become less. The purchasing power will stay the same. Um, That being said, if you have $10 now, what still is at play is inflation. So that means you would have to increase the amount of dollars that you have in order to just outperform inflation. So let's now assume an inflation of, let's say, 2%. I always use the, expl- the example of ten dollars because is a, a number everybody can imagine easily if you have two percent inflation or an interest rate of minus two percent minus two percent, then you would end up let's say within 20 years with 6.67 dollars. This is a significant loss of purchasing power. Don't get me wrong, the $10 will be the same. It will be still. You will still have $10 in 20 years, but those $10 will have will have a purchasing power of $6.67 in 20 years. I assumed an inflation rate of 2%. In reality as I already talked about, I assume that the inflation rate is much higher because when you calculate or when when governmental agencies calculate inflation, they are not taking hard assets into consideration which they have to do due to the reasons I already gave you. So I would say a realistic scenario for inflation would be most likely more like in the range of like, say, five to 6%. Let's let's calculate it with 5%. And that shows a little different image in the beginning at t equals zero. Today you have $10. But if you're considering 5% 5% inflation, then within the ne- next 20 years, the purchasing power will be decreased to $3.58 within 20 years. And a 5% inflation, a real inflation of 5% is nothing like like crazy to assume that this is a, a low number. So inflation is something that is really, a, that's a sinister thing. You are thinking you earn the same that you earned like five years before or 10 years before. But what actually happens is that your purchasing power diminishes over that period of time. From, in this example, $10 to $3.58 over the course of 20 years, if you have a 5% inflation rate. The Venezuelans had a completely different situation. Let's let's assume an inflation rate of, let's say, 100%, which is really high. Or Turkish inflation rate, 20%. (laughs) <laughs> and then it gets interesting, right? Like if you're assuming like 20% inflation, which is considerably high and is a disaster for many economies, but we saw that happening and this is not something uncommon, then you would have 11 cents left. Um, let's say you have 10 Turkish lira and in tw- um, you have a inflation rate of 20%. After 20 years, you will have 11 uh, 0.11 Turkish Liras left. Of course, you will still have the 10 Turkish Liras, but the 10 Turkish Liras will have only a purchasing power of 0.11 Turkish Lira in the, in today's um, denomination. So this works against you. This, this effect works against you and you have to be aware of it. And even 2% of inflation, yeah, is a lot. And that's why Warren Buffett said, if you outperform inflation, then you're already good. Yeah. So my message to you, If you are working in a nine to five job, you're bartering your lifetime for money. Please make sure it is the hardest money available and thank me later. Warren Buffett, I think he managed 20%, 20% a year, um, of capital gains, which is a lot. But if you're managing five or, or 10, then you're already golden, right? With Bitcoin, this is, with Bitcoin, this is a little bit crazy. Let's look at the numbers. Um, on a three-month basis, Bitcoin had a performance gain of 21.13%. On a six-month basis, a performance of 82.68%. On a two-year basis, a performance of 239.37%. And on a five-year basis, a pers- performance improvement of 4399.21%. So those numbers are mind-bogglingly big, they're huge, yeah. And we will the more bitcoin establishes itself, we will see that those price increases will will become smaller and smaller as the market cap increases. But still, we have a long way to go. And we are incredibly early, as I already mentioned. That you can also see by the evaluation of Tesla that has 3.5 times Bitcoin's market capitalization. My example, again, you start with $10, you make 20% a year, you end up after 20 years with $383. That's that's crazy. Um, so this is this is how how compound interest works and this is also what the banks use right they have access to the to the money when it's coming out of the printer and they invest it and if they make 20 percent on their invested capital they will make a, a ton of money They there's simply no other option um if you if you have access to the money that is being printed first you will be the one that benefits from that um, you have to be um, careful also if you are considering bitcoin to give you compound interest that's that's not the case bitcoin is a passive investment it's like gold you will not um you will not be able to let's say invest one bitcoin and then get interest on your bitcoins and then reinvest the interest that you gained with your bitcoin this the rule is simple if you if you are if somebody is offering you interest on your bitcoins he's basically scamming you because the numbers are huge. How could somebody sustain a business if he pays you, let's say, 10% on your Bitcoins? Yeah. Let me run the numbers here. Um, I type minus 10 in the interest column. So let's say you give him 10 Bitcoins today. After 20 years, if he pays you 10% on your initial deposit, he would have 1.2 Bitcoins left. So I don't understand how all those companies that offer you interest on your Bitcoins, how they can possibly be sustaining themselves. I don't want to name names, but this is creepy. I I think all of those companies are are basically scamming you. Or, or I, at least I'm, I'm super suspicious because you would have to gain more than the 10% um, consistently over the years in order to just break even. And that's tough. That's a tough thing to do. So I would never, ever, ever give somebody any of my Bitcoin or my Satoshis in order to obtain um, interest. That is that is something crazy. And just by looking at the numbers, you see that those, those businesses are not um, sustainable. And if they are telling you, well, we invest in something that outperforms Bitcoin, I wish them good luck doing that. They will have to find an asset that outperforms Bitcoin um, and that is still capable to provide the additional gains that they offer you. So let's say Bitcoin made plus 5000% and they offer you 10% interest on your Bitcoin, they would have to somehow manage to obtain 5,010% if they're not keeping your money in Bitcoin. And that's an incredibly risky thing to do. Um, I wonder how can anybody who is sane even think of offering a product like that? This is crazy. You cannot outperform, or at least I'm I find it difficult to believe that you find an asset that outperforms Bitcoin and in addition provides you the possibility to offer to your customers an additional 10% interest um, without without risks. Because obviously, if I just hold my Bitcoins on a cold card, I have low risk. But if I get the 10%, if I want to get an additional 10% on my Bitcoins, how did how, the, the, the risks Blow out of the water! You have so many um, risks um, accumulating, like counterparty risk. You have the rogue employee. You have uh, legislation. You have exit scam. So many risks you're taking, only to obtain this ten percent on an asset that outperforms any other asset, anyways. Is is something I would really discourage you from. Okay, so I think I covered quite a lot here. I covered how com- what compound interest is, how it works, how it impacts your wealth, how uh, interest works in the Bitcoin sphere, which is creepy. Um, you you never want to earn interest on your Bitcoins because those those um, schemes are not sustainable. And I also talked about how early we are by just showing you the numbers um the valuations of, of companies like tesla apple amazon in comparison to bitcoin's market capitalization if you look at those numbers we are incredibly early and there is still a long journey ahead of us but that's my message for today i hope i told you some interesting th- things uh, some interesting facts Um, Feel free to ping me on Twitter if you have any questions regarding the top uh, podcast. And yeah, see you around next time. And also, (laughs) another thing, one last word. I was super happy to see that now I think I have 18% female listeners. In the beginning, I started with zero. (laughs) Uh, Like uh, for the first the first like let's say 50 listeners of my podcast were all male (laughs) so i'm super happy that finally some some women tuned in Uh, that's cool um yeah i think you're definitely underrepresented in the bitcoin sphere so welcome if you're uh, listening to this hat tap for you girls it's cool that you're around and that you're informing yourself